3: Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up, it's podcast time. Ladies and gentlemen, it's 30-something movie podcast. Oh, wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, wow is the right word. That is the right When did
1: you think of that, and when did you think of that?
3: When of did I think of that? that? Yeah. Like two minutes ago. yeah I don't know, about two minutes ago, I have an email that says likewise. different. I was going to say <laughs> oh, that, did email. I put that in? Oh, I didn't know I did put that in the in the subject line, didn't I?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Oh,
1: yeah. Okay. I that? even sit down that for about a oh, week oh, hi, and just Mark. wait to use that. <laughs> he thought that up one day last week, and you said this is gonna be really witty and funny, and I just can't wait to say it on the podcast.
3: I am, I am so honored that you guys <laughs> think that highly of me that I think that far ahead about things. I yeah. think he heard it when he was watching the
2: movie.
1: I try he's not watching it, it, it. He's like, oh, "That's <laughs> it."
3: Yeah.
2: I try. He not paused to it. He actually.
1: Yes, I'm picturing him pausing the movie. His kids yelling at him, "Why did you just right, pause yeah. it?" Takes out a pad of paper and he writes down that gem. He tries quiet the kid. bit on
2: the kids, and they roll their eyes at him. And he knows yeah. that's when he knows it's good.
0: Yeah. Quiet, kids. Daddy's working on something. Mm-hmm. Workshopping like something. Be quiet. Like that that scene in Sneakers when he's moving the <laughs> Scrabble tiles around, trying to figure go. out the phrase. There, there it
3: is. <laughs> That's how I did it. I didn't write it down. I just broke out several <laughs> sets of Scrabble, so I'd have enough letters to put it all together. <laughs> well, yep. this is the thirty-something movie podcast, and so far, some of the voices you've heard may sound familiar. Or very, they're very, just familiar. the voices in your head, or Gore could be. If so, please get those checked out. But uh, Jeff, we're happy to have you here.
0: Hi, how are Hello, you doing, everyone? I'm good, man. We're uh, we're rocking and rolling this summer, and putting some. Finishing touches on a couple of trips. So we're got some stuff to look forward to. Nice. Nice. Have you had any Disney trips yet? We're so for our anniversary, Katie and I are going to go out to California and go to Disneyland. We've never been. I've never been. Last time she was there, I think she was eight or something like that. So we've been to Disney World a good handful of times, but we're going to go out west, out to California and check out some Disneyland. Nice. I got some without the kids. Yeah. Yet, so
3: uh, oddly enough as we were trying to come up with ideas for cuz it's our anniversary coming up in in a few weeks too and one of the ideas we had was to go out to California was to go like San Francisco and then drive down and one of my thoughts was huh could we manage to get in Galaxy's Edge without the kids? We could Ooh. and that would be fun and then and then there was a whole plan of and then I could Drag my wife around to all the different like movie filming locations. I'd
0: like to go see. That sounds like an awesome trip. I'll go with you if you'd it, like. Okay, we can go. Let's, Let's go. do it. <laughs> Send the girls on their trips.
2: Right, you guys go. go on yours, and it's you fine. know what? Everyone might be happier when it's all done. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. <laughs> I don't.
3: Works for me. I don't. I don't even need a carry on. I just got to bring my Rocketeer helmet for when we go to Griffith Observatory.
0: See, I was going to bring my James. Jean jacket. So either
3: way. Perfect. I'll, I'll take whatever pictures of you you want. You can take a picture of me standing up on top of the observatory right before I get arrested. It'll all be good. I I think we have a plan. I I think it's a good plan. I think it's, I I think at some point, like the more, if we get more and more Patreon people, I think we need to have like 30 something podcast road trips and we need to go places. We could put on a live show somewhere.
0: Do Do like a 30 something meetup.
3: Yeah. 30, 30 Con, we could call it that. It could be a real tiny little convention in like some holiday in somewhere. Somewhere that has breakfast included. Oh, of course. Because it's probably going yes. it's, to, it's, the con is probably going to be in whatever dining hall they have. And whatever people manage to, like whatever people we could just pay to be there. Because I'm not sure anybody's coming out just to see us. All right, what other voices do we have on this pod? Well, I, hear, I heard Bo a moment ago. Yo, how you doing, Bo?
2: Well, John, Good. glad to hear your trip was a success, and
3: you're it was back uh,
2: amongst the the podcast envelope.
3: I was I was excited to go to Denver and excited to go to Mile High Comics, and it took me about thirty years to get there, but I finally got there. Better late than never. Mm-hmm. And then Dennis, I think I heard Dennis. Yaman. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> oh. good. The cultural appropriation has already started.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a stereotype that that's what they all say, even though they don't say that all the time. All right. dead
0: who? do you mean yeah, by they? What? Wow, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jamaicans. At this point, I'm offended. Uh,
1: Jamaicans. do There's a site. Names. It has 14 things Jamaicans get stereotyped for. Are they true? Uh huh. I looked that up in for preparation for this.
3: Oh, oh, I'd love to lose listeners. Please read them all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Without going through each explanation, number 1 is we all live close to the beach. Number 2, we all speak only patois, as I said. I don't yeah, know. Sure. We can all cook. <laughs> we are aggressive, we are aggressive and feisty. Jamaican men are womanizers. We all listen to reggae, dancehall. We are always late. That would be mine. I have heard the phrase yeah. "island time" so many times. It's, I'm on island time. Yeah. We all know celebrities, or we know all the celebrities, like Bob Marley and Usain Bolt and Shaggy, and everybody. How many time zones uh, away? Live,
3: how many time zones away is island time from Dennis time?
1: <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> we all live in Kingston. Our, He's just uh, I'm prepping. His, I'm just, probably about you know. five minutes behind island time. Okay. Anyway, we it's all little, live teeny, in tiny Kingston on Montego zones. Bay. We all live in Kin- Kingston or Montego Bay, and then we can all swim. And Jamaica is dangerous. And then last uh, last two, every Jamaican can dance. And we are all, all enjoy partying. Are you reading that yeah. while you're driving? I'm not driving. I'm parked. <laughs> all Jamaicans are of African descent. Out of many of one people is our motto. After all, Jamaica is a melting pot of ethnicities and cultures that contribute to the overall heritage of our country. The boy there you go. Know. Oh, uh, no, so, no, no, no. yeah, so, or or, or better yet,
2: yeah, man. <laughs> Just can't help yourself, can you?
3: <laughs> so Dennis, uh, Dennis, yeah, while okay. we're on this topic, is John Candy is John Candy the white savior of this movie? Jesus, yeah.
2: Boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, good night, everyone. No, you could, you uh, could
1: say, but might not be. Might be the he might have got them in more trouble. I don't know. I don't. Oh, yeah, that's true. Good question.
3: That's true. Well we can we can talk Cause, about that. Cause,
1: yeah you know? cuz they had cuz they didn't like him. Yeah. They they didn't really have so much against the Jamaican guy at Bob letters, they had more issues with getting him back, remember? Yeah. So All right, well, we are the
3: 30-something movie podcast. We do spoil as we talk here, so we don't really give much of a spoiler warning. Just be aware. Visit our website, 30podcast.com. You can leave a rating, a voicemail. You could become a co-executive producer of ours via Patreon. So head on over there. It's got a ton of bonus content over there. If you're enjoying this show and you want a little bit more, if you haven't had enough of us already, then you can get more by going over there to Patreon, and there's a bunch of bonus content over there. And it just helps us keep everything running on the show and, and cover some of the cost of the hosting and the other stuff so we,
0: we if really I've had too much how do I give some back if you've had too much you, you said if they haven't had enough of us already if a cack. <laughs> yes if, if if they've gotten too much 30 something can can they return anything no
1: receipt you have to have a receipt no, within 30 days
3: yes it's a it's a receipt actually it's within seven days we're very we're very stringent on that yeah. No, no returns. All sales are final.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, buyer beware.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then let's see. Yeah, visit our website, 30podcast.com. We have up to this point, we've got before this one, we have four hundred and seventy-six other episodes you could listen to. So yeah, if you haven't had enough of us, you can always go over there and find some more stuff there too. Cause we talk a lot. Or have talked a lot. So if you're going on a trip somewhere, there are hours and hours of mindless talk that we tend to do about movies that
0: you can listen to folks. It's taken us about 40 minutes just to get this one episode started. That's yeah, how we
2: are. We are fully yes. marinating in this open.
3: Well, cause <laughs> the problem
2: is
0: I mentioned
3: that we're going to Boston later and then you guys made the mistake of looking up websites with seafood and other things. And I we think we fell into a hole there for a minute. That's true. So we turned into a 30 something food podcast before we even started recording. So speaking of falling something into a
0: Speaking of falling into a hole, don't worry. This is a good segue. <laughs> okay. Katie oh, I'm worried. I, Katie and I have been doing. Or have I mentioned this already? We've been doing a rewatch of West Wing. No, Mm-mm. I I do want to do that soon though. You know, it's after teaching history for a couple of years. It's interesting going back now and, and rewatching the show. Yeah. But the the connection between falling into a hole is that that's a a moment that comes up in season two, episode ten titled Noel mm. when chief of staff Leo McGarry shares a story about a guy who fell into a hole. it's a Great moment.
3: Yeah. That's I want to go back and rewatch that and then I also want to go back and rewatch The Newsroom.
0: Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm.
3: do, I do, do 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 enjoy that one.
1: I propose that we change the name of the podcast to 30 something tangents.
3: Well, I mean, why start now? We've it's kind of what
1: we've always done. <laughs> The start of this show is on island time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's about right. I like how, like Jeff just said about the forty. He made a comment about the time for the show to get started, and he just (laughs) brings something else up.
0: You know, (laughs) part of my charm.
1: It's what we do. You can't beat him. Join him, I guess. Huh? Uh -huh. About it.
0: All right. Well, we have. He was focused, man. Come on. I'm, I'm working on it here.
1: I'm working on it. Playing with all of John, he's supposed to control the the, the 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 pace of this.
3: If we haven't learned by now, there's no controlling any of you. <laughs> I'm surprised he still lets us all in. I, yeah, I mean, just think if Pat was here, man, it'd be ten o'clock. Already. All right, we're we're gonna be we're pretty much done at that point. Pat would have gotten lost in the food discussion too. So,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, he would have.
3: Yeah. Well, we got to hop in the DeLorean because it is the, this is the first episode of the month for us on our Fun and Games month. We're starting with cool runnings, as we've already kind of mentioned. But as we do the first week of every month, we hop in the DeLorean, we head back in time, and we're going back to July of 1993.
1: When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious...
0: All right. I, I have to ask Dennis, are are you living in your car now? Like, what, like, you're just in your car? Like, the last couple of <laughs> podcasts I've been on, you're always in your car. So, I'm, I'm, well, cons- at that point,
1: I wasn't, but this point, you might be accurate in saying that. Yes.
0: Like, <laughs> you, I've got a couch here, man. You can,
1: you, you, no, I'm, I'm good.
3: He's, he's always <laughs> wanted one of those tiny homes, and now he's in the
1: tiniest. Of I have homes. a bed. At, I have a bed in the back of my Islander, man. So, I'm good. Okay. All right. Good
0: for you. All right. Anyway. <laughs>
1: Thirty years ago. I mean, I'm I'm at my mom's a lot now because we're we're trying to get stuff squared away with her. So I'm at my mom's, and then when I'm not at my mom's, yes, I'm living in the back of the Highlander.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, good for you. <laughs> oh, hope that You're goes. You sleep well. like a baby back there. It's awesome. That's great. Right, crack, crack the windows. Because my lease ended at the end of the school year. So I decided since I'm probably going out West, since I'm spending a month over by my mom's, why should I renew a lease now? I could save myself the money it would have cost me or would have, I would have earned working summer school and staying in an apartment mm. or a place. So, and then it figures, it gets me ready for that transition into you know, the, the, the tiny camper thing. Yeah, I feel it'll that. look like a mansion when I get that dang thing. He's <laughs> like, guess he's moving on up. <laughs> Look
3: at all this space from, from the back seat to the mini camper. <laughs> Dennis is upwardly mobile.
0: That's the name of his book. Yeah, the back seat to the mini camper. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what that book is about. I, I, all right. I, anyway, what happened 30 years ago? I'm not. I'm not reading that book.
3: On July 1st, <laughs> 93, the Parliament of Canada passes the Nunavut Act leading to the creation of Nunavut changing the map of Canada for the first time since the incorporation of Newfoundland in 1949. Techie people will enjoy this one on July 27th of 93, Windows NT 3.1. The first version of Microsoft's line of Windows NT operating systems is released.
2: And it all went downhill from there. Yeah, pretty much.
3: Let's see. I'll pop this one in here because it seemed appropriate. Famous birth in 93, July of 93, was July 24th. Madeline Miller was an American short track speed skater who competed in the 2014 Winter Olympics. We had a couple of deaths in July of 93, July 2nd of 93. Fred Gwynn, American actor best known for his roles in The Munsters and Car 54, Where Are You? And My Cousin Vinny. And then July 23rd of 93, James Jordan, the father of basketball player Michael Jordan, was murdered.
1: That's right, yeah.
3: The top book is still Bridges of Madison County, and I feel like that one goes on for several months in 93. Top movies in July of 93 were The Firm, and I think for the last week of July, Poetic Justice was the top movie. Top songs were That's the Way Love Goes by Janet Jackson, Week by SWV, and Can't Help Falling in Love by UB40. So, so that is July of 93. So we're going to jump on into the the structure of our show is we give you a little bit of trivia about the movie. We get into our, like the major moments of the movie. We kind of pin down the plot in 10 or so major events. And then after that, we talk about whether we like the movie or not and get on into our opinions and then finish everything off with three somewhat related questions, question mark. So. Trivia pursuits is our next section here. The U.S. release date for this one was October first, nineteen ninety-three. It is rated PG, went one hour and thirty-eight minutes. Directed by John Turteltaub, who directed National Treasure and The Sorcerer's yeah. Apprentice. Writers were Len Seifert, Michael Ritchie, Tommy Swerdlow, Michael Goldberg. They did Downhill Racer, Fletch, Little Giants, and Bushwhacked. Producers were Don Steele and Susan B. Landau. They did Flashdance and Mannequin. Composer was Hans Zimmer. Blah, That's my Hans Zimmer sound. Hmm. In the Lion King and Inception. Oh, don't hurt yourself. Don't, no, that's yeah. It was, and I might actually it was a little bit more painful to do the uh, Gollum sound that I was doing before we before we started. So Hans Zimmer was not so bad. Cinematographer was Fiden Papa, Mc, Papa Michelle. Papa Mike. I don't even know how to say that. It's a lot of P's and and a lot of A's and. There's something in there. Did The Pursuit of Happiness and Nebraska. Editor was Bruce Green, did High School Musical and Hocus Pocus. Production company was Walt Disney Pictures, but had a budget of 14 million with a worldwide box office of 154.9 million. Cinema gives it an A. Flick Metrics gives it a 65%. Leon played Doris Bannock, was in Above the Rim and Cliffhanger. Dougie Doug was Sanka Coffee. He was in Eight-Legged Freaks and Operation Dumbo Drop. Raul D. Lewis played Junior Bevel. He was in K-Pax and The Touch. Malik Yoba played Yul Brenner. He was in Why Did I Get Married and Copland. John Candy, who died in 94, played Irving Blitzer. He was in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and Uncle Buck. Raymond J. Berry played Kurt Hemphill. He was in Training Day and Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story. Peter Outerbridge played Yosef Gruhl, who was in Lucky Number Slevin and Mission to Mars. Paul Kerr played Roger. He was in Brokeback Mountain and Legends of the Fall. Larry Gilman played Larry. It was A bit of a stretch. He was <laughs> in Alive and Getting Away with Murder. Charles Hyatt died in 2007, played Whitby Bevel Sr. He was in Clara's Heart and The Mighty Quinn. Winston Stona played Coolidge. He was in Instinct and Marked for Death. And Bertina McCauley played Joy Bannock. She was in Clash and The Lunatic so at the time this was supposedly this was the highest grossing live action film released under the Walt Disney pictures banner when it came out. Hmm. So, all right. Makes sense. I mean, still most of their high grossing stuff was probably the cartoons at that point. Animation. Sure. Contrary, to, I thought this was kind of interesting. Contrary to the story in the movie, the Jamaican team was met with open arms by the international bobsledding teams. In fact, one of the other teams went so far as to lend them a backup sled so that they could qualify. So, looks like the some of that tension between them and the other teams was manufactured for dramatic effect.
2: No. I know. From manufactured tension in a movie?
0: Yeah, right.
2: I'm From something
0: from something I read, though, they, uh, Jamaica was actually disqualified because of a late entry. Oh, really? But where is it? Well, because they were on island time. They were on island time, that's right. They they, they, they may have been on dentist time at oh, that they, point. They could have been, yeah.
3: That's why, like, when you go to trivia, you got to tell the Jamaican bobsled team that it starts at 645, even though it really starts at 730, because then maybe you think that Dennis, I mean, the bobsled team would show up on time.
0: Here it is. So they were, the IOC received several appeals, including one from the Prince of Monaco, which led to the reversal of the decision of them being disqualified as opposed to the appeal by their coach. Oh, well, that's cool.
3: Another one I found in the sport of bobsledding, adding weight to the sled is actually perfectly legal. So that was the, supposedly, that's what got John Candy's character, got their gold medals stripped from them because he added weight to the front of the bobsled. But supposedly, the two and four man sleds have minimum and maximum weights. So the weight of the sled is calculated as the total weight of the sled and its crew. If the fully loaded sled weighs less than the minimum, it is perfectly legal to add weight to make up the difference. So maybe, I guess, if there's a maximum weight, then maybe in the in the story that they came up with that he went over the maximum weight. I, I don't know, but, but then oh, I don't John know. John
2: Candy I, went over the maximum weight. Well,
3: but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that then, like, I don't know, Bob's letting well enough to know, like, if you add too much weight, does that then slow you down? Or I would think that adding too much would make your maneuverability throw, throw that off too.
0: I suppose it, it just depends
3: on where you have the weight stacked up. Yeah. Well, some of us carry it differently than others, so.
2: Agreed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and it's not going not to slow you down much at all. Yeah. No, I, I have plenty of other things that slow me down.
3: Denzel Washington turned down the role of DeReese, and Eddie Murphy turned down the role of Sanka
0: because they didn't like the pay they were being offered. Sanka, you said? Yeah, man. How <laughs> a student. I Had a student bust that out to me once a couple years back. Did you really? Yeah. Or no? He did the the bobsled chant like before he did a presentation just to like psych himself up. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice. And I was just like, I feel like I should just pass you on this was, assignment. Okay. You don't even have to do anything. I
3: was gonna say, that give was, that kid an A. That was amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Let's see. Oh, so I thought this one was kind of cool. On January 2014, the Jamaican bobsled team qualified for the two-man bobsled at the 2014 Winter Olympics in Sochi, Russia. They described themselves as Cool Runnings, the second generation. In light of the team's qualification for the 2014 Olympics, one of the original 88 team members, and now General Secretary of the Jamaican Bobsled Confederation, said, I don't think the support for the team like we've seen over the last three years, would have been sustainable without the ongoing appeal of the movie. So supposedly the team has received funding over the years. They've received funding from several sources, and a lot of it based on the popularity of the Disney movie Cool Runnings. So I thought that was kind of cool too. All right. Well, a quick synopsis for this one in the style of one of the best trailer voiceover artists, Don LaFontaine.
0: I think you should do this in your best Jamaican accent. Oh, really? Or Gollum doing a Jamaican accent? Yikes! I don't even know I can do that. In a
2: world, precious. No, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes it's not about if you can; it's about if you should. Right.
3: They thought about whether they should read the <laughs> read the copy that way, but they didn't really ask. Yeah. In a world where winter is king, four unlikely heroes: Darius, Sanka, Junior, and Yule Brenner slide from the hills of Jamaica into the fast lane of ice and snow at the Winter Olympics. Can they stand the heat of competition or will they lose their cool?
1: You zigging, You zaggin'? Always remember, your bones will not break in a bobsled. No, no. They shatter. So, who wants in? We're looking for a sponsor for the first Jamaican bobsled team. (laughs) (laughs) Their dream was to compete in the Olympics. But they chose a sport (laughs) they knew nothing about Great. Very good.
3: in a climate they had never been.
1: Cold weather endurance is vital to building a successful sled team.
3: This is
0: the true story of four unlikely athletes
1: How about I beat your butt right now? How about I draw a line down the middle of your head so it looks like a butt?
0: Who weren't prepared for what they were about to
1: face.
3: It's a beautiful afternoon in Calgary and there is a lot more coming up. Is this whole thing a big joke?
1: I can't get my helmet on. Oh, thanks, coach. Why don't you put some training wheels on that sled? Oh.
3: Leaves a pop setting to us real man. You know you're going
1: to have to do this on your own one day. Oh! You have no business here, Jamaica. People are always afraid of what's different. Now, 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 now! Good! But they found in each other Do you really expect these Jamaicans to qualify? the courage to give it their all Not only are they going to qualify, they're going to turn some heads doing it. I see pride. I see power! And they took the whole world along for the ride. <laughs> To follow your, dreams. Follow follow your dreams. dreams. Walt Disney Pictures presents.
3: I am feeling very Olympic today. A
1: story for anyone who dares to stand out in a crowd.
3: I didn't come up here to forget who I am and where I come from.
1: And everyone with the courage.
3: Cool Runnings! Yes.
1: To stand up for their dreams. How will I know if I'm enough? When you cross that finish line, where did these guys come from? Jumping, come You'll know. Cool Runnings. So, what are we going to name this sled? Kalula. Kalula. <laughs> What's my mother's name?
2: Kalula. I like
3: it. all right. Major moments for this one. We've got about 10 major moments to kind of help sum up the movie here. This is if you haven't seen the movie before, I mean, if you haven't seen it before, we do always recommend pause this, go watch the movie, and then come back. If you've got Disney Plus, it's on there. But if you have seen the movie and just need a quick little refresher, this should help you out with that. So, major moment number one, training for the Olympics. So, Derice Bannock is a Jamaican sprinter and a legacy Olympian at that, as his father was in the Olympics years before. He fails to qualify for the 100 meters for the Summer Olympics after Junior Bevel accidentally stumbles and knocks out both him and Ewell Brenner. And they are not able to qualify for the Summer Olympics. But then, major moment number two, he forms a bobsled team to compete in the Winter Olympics in Calgary, recruiting his buddy Sanka Coffee, Junior Bevel, and Yule Brenner. And, you know, they, when they find that there is a former bobsled celebrity, a former Olympian, living right there in their town, they successfully persuade the very reluctant and possibly semi-inebriated Irving Blitzer, as a disgraced American bobsled champion to coach their team. And I, th- I love that one scene where he gets everybody there and they've got the slideshow running and he's explaining how you don't break your bones, you shatter your bones. And they're going through all the different stuff. And you go from a crowded room to the lights come back on and it's only Sanka sitting there. Like everybody else is left. I thought that was kind of a funny moment. Then they have some struggles with the funding piece of this too, when they find out that they're going to need many tens of thousands of dollars to get this going, they realize that they're going to need to raise some money. So we get a little montage of everybody trying to raise money in different ways. And what did they, what did they come out with? Didn't they come out with like 11, 11 bucks or something at one point, or or did it come out to like a hundred and something dollars? And that was all they had.
0: All of their attempts to raise money failed.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sanka got a dollar for shutting up yeah and I think he raised a dollar16, so I don't know where he got the other 16 cents, but but the great part about one of their teammates is he's wealthy, so they don't need to worry about money because he sold his sports car junior sold his sports car. His dad has made some arrangements for him to go work in I think it was Miami that he was going to go work. was it Florida?
0: Yes, I think so. I think it was like at a law firm right? yeah, yeah, um, in Miami, yeah,
3: and and he doesn't want to, but his father is like, yeah you've you've taken this crazy Olympic dream far enough like you're you're a grown- up now, you need to do grown up things, so forget that you're you're gonna go work in in Miami at this law firm. And so this is kind of his way. He doesn't tell his father what he's doing, but this is kind of his way of handling it, is that he is going to sell the sports car, use that money to get the team to Calgary. They arrive in Calgary, and they have a few struggles here and there adapting to the cold as they come into it. I thought that was a funny scene, too, coming into Calgary for the first time. And what was also funny is... I feel like one of the first times I would have watched this movie, I would have still been either living in the South or we would have been living in England at the time. And I probably would have also, having been from Texas, would have thought that this was ridiculously cold. But as we were watching this with with the family the other day, everybody's comment was negative 25. We don't even cancel school for that. (laughs) In the snow, uh, uphill both ways. Oh, how things have changed. (laughs) I would have thought negative 25 would kill me if I was watching this as a kid. But, yes, so they arrive in Calgary. Major moment number six, we have a bar fight and a bit of a rebuke by their coach. The team members, except Doris, get into a bar fight with the East Germans, as you do, resulting in a stern reprimand from Doris. And then we find out that they get disqualified because, like, a member of the Olympic Committee is his former is Irving's former coach and he just does not want he's completely convinced that this team is going to i guess his reasoning is they're going to embarrass the sport of bobsledding and so they they managed to kind of find a way to get them disqualified and for i, I did feel like for for a moment in a 1993 movie <laughs> there was a great line and i'm 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 trying to remember exactly what it was but it's something like yeah, I didn't realize that four black guys on a bobsled made you guys nervous. <laughs> I, was, I was like, "Ooh, nice one." <laughs> nice nice jab there, John Candy. But they do. They get the team reinstated. He's able to he gives an impassioned speech to the committee and he's able to get the team reinstated. Junior is almost pulled off the team cuz his father shows up,
0: but of course. What's that? That was one no, I said, of course. That was one yeah. of the more predictable things. Yeah.
2: Right. The dad that dad was gonna, was gonna show up and be dad.
0: Right. It's check check off's dad. Yes. Chekhov's unapproving dad. Yes.
2: The nuclear vessels are in Alameda.
0: Yes.
3: <laughs> and that's where you're going. But, yeah, he, he tries to get him to come home with him, and he's like, nope, I'm going to, kind of based on an earlier conversation that he had with Ewell when he was telling him, hey, look, you you got to do what you want to do. Like, you are strong and confident, and, and uh, you know, look at yourself in the mirror and, and psych yourself up. And kind of based on that, he's able to then kind of tell his father, nope, not coming with you. I'm sticking here. I'm, I'm sticking with my team. I'm representing Jamaica. That's it. A major moment number nine is after a disastrous first day on the track, the team does manage to kind of change their competition style, and it leads to a significant improvements in their performance. And they're just feeling much more at ease. I think they were trying too hard to to be like the Germans and and the Swedes and everybody else they were seeing. And like, look, we're, we're Jamaicans. We got to be Jamaicans. We got to be true to ourselves. And so we. We we can't be doing we can't be copying somebody else. That's not going to get us anywhere. And then finally, during the final race, the team crashes. Like they're doing so well, but the the team crashes because their their rickety (coughs) bobsled that they have comes apart. And they do after crashing. They have kind of the rescue crew coming out to get them, but they are able to get out of the sled. And then they pick it up, and then they end up carrying it across the finish line, earning the applause and admiration despite the fact that they have lost. So. All right. Anything plot-wise that you want to mention before we get on into our deeper thoughts, or do you think we covered most of it? I think I covered it. That's about it. Okay. All right. It's time for some deep thoughts.
0: And now, deep thoughts. I have an opinion on this matter. Don't mince words, Bones. What do you really think? I like it a lot
1: wow it's it's very deep thank
3: you all right so we'll start off with this one did you like this movie and when was the first time you remember seeing it
1: i'll jump in yeah i i like this movie i don't i find it hard to believe people don't like this movie i think it's well not overly complex or whatever it's just it's it's just done well it's a nice simple movie that's enjoyable inspiring funny I think it's a, it's a, just a, just a good little film. And I remember like both, I would say like, show this to our kids and they're pretty young and they enjoyed it and you could have older people enjoy. So I think it's like one of those kind of ones that work, work with a variety of ages and people still get something out of it and still like it. So when did I see it? I want to say I did see it at the movie theater. I would have been in my twenties at the time. And I think we probably saw it maybe with either my brothers or some baseball players because it was in college at the time but I'm pretty darn sure I saw it at the theater. And I've seen it multiple times
0: since. I don't think I saw it in the theater, but I don't remember the first time I saw it. But I, I agree with Dennis. It, it's it's a really fun movie. You know, you don't have to think about anything. It just it's, it's highly predictable. It's very formulaic in terms of these types of movies, but it doesn't take away from the enjoyment factor of this movie. Yeah, I don't
3: I, I really don't think we would have watched this in the theater and I feel like it might have even been a few years later before I saw this one, but I know I had seen it once probably in the mid 90s somewhere and then hadn't watched it again until just a couple of days ago, but yeah, I I'll echo the same thing. It's it's uh, you know, in the whole series of kind of the the Disney sports movies, this is one of the ones that like it's not it's not it's not trying to, trying to take itself too seriously it's just a fun movie it's fun you know the you can tell the characters are having fun i hope the actors were having fun making it and it kind of comes across that they were and it's just it it's a goofy quirky little movie but it's just yeah it's just it's inspiring and even the even some of the parts that are a little cheesy and predictable are still you can kind of excuse those because the rest of the movie is it's just it's lighthearted it's fun it's it's a bunch of friends just trying to do their best and do something great for their country. And yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a a great fun movie. It's, it's probably in in my top,
1: I'd say in my top three of Disney sports movies. Yeah. The one, the one word that I was trying to think of when I was trying to describe it because formulaic was one, like you hear that, but that sounds negative, but it's one of the more balanced is the word that I ended up coming up with was a balanced for, like you Mm -hmm. said, all these things, It never does one where it becomes too zany and goofy or it becomes too serious. It seems like it had just the right amount of this, the right amount of that, the right amount of everything. Mm -hmm. And the fact that John Candy in a rare and he's really the straight man in us overall, he's the straight man and the four guys are the funny guys. And, and going into it, because that's probably why I saw it at the theater, because we were huge John Candy fan, John Can fans and John Candy fans and basically also like SCTV. And so we, you know, we were John Candy's. Oh, right, we'll go see that movie. But he was the more he wasn't super goofy or silly. He was the more, if anything, dramatic character out of a lot of it. He had his lines and stuff that were funny here and there, but he was never like goofy guy like he might be in some other movies like stripes or something like that. He wasn't a, he was, he was a believable character. And, and I just think, like you said, it had the right balance of everything. It has some cheesiness in it, but everything's forgivable because it never dwelled on one of those aspects too much or too far or too long. So it, again, balanced was the word that I I kind of kept coming to it was like, it's just a nice balanced out of formula, formulaic movies. It's the most balanced where it doesn't do too much of one thing, and therefore, in the end, it's just rather enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I, and just going back to that straight man, I just I had read somewhere as well that, and I've read it a few different places, but I can never. I tried to dig and find what the movies were, what kind of movies. But from what I understood, I know he had the wagons east, and that's when he died because Candy died shortly after that, which is just like devastating. I believe he was only 43, and it's like, geez, the body of work he left behind, and what would, he, what would we have gotten from him, you know, in the years ahead? I, Somebody had, like, posed the question, or they said that, like, supposedly after Wagons East, and I think it was, what was the other one? There was another kind of comedy one that got released, and then he was supposed to have some more serious roles lined up. And I remember thinking back to Only the Lonely, where he was in that one, he kind of died. I think he's in JFK too, but all the small Mm -hmm. part there, but only the lonely was the romantic one with Ali Sheedy. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking like, could he have been like the Robin Williams? Could he have been like the Tom Hanks and made that crossover to like some serious roles that were very, very moving and and believable as well. And I think he had that, like.
0: I would have loved to have seen that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's that's the sad part. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's what's sad about the, when I think of this movie too, is because it was like the, the one that was released, he died shortly after the release, I think. Yeah. Like
0: For some reason, a title that popped into my mind that I feel like he could have done well with was John Goodman's role in 10 Cloverfield lane.
1: Yes. yes. I I think he
0: would have surprised the hell out of everybody with what he would have pulled off with that one. Yes.
1: And even like Bill Murray had gotten into some serious roles. So, I mean, I think we missed that aspect where we didn't get enough of that serious part of him. And, and it's a shame to hear that. Like what I said, again, I don't know what the movies were, but it said that they had lined up or he was in negotiations for a series of some pretty more serious roles. So it's, it's, that's it's, 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 it's there's a bittersweet movie. Cause it's like, you see that promise in the movie, you know? So just a, a, kind of a side note there, but yeah. And I, I, like I said, just a balanced movie overall. He let he he steps back and he lets the four guys be the kind of the the screwballs at times. where that's usually his role.
0: Yeah. But usually I mean,
1: he's it, the guy you're all laughing at. And it, it, it works it, so well.
0: It tells you how smart he was. Yeah. Too to to understand yep. like what his role with this is. That he doesn't have to be the funny guy and, and to yeah. be okay with that. I mean, and everything you hear about about John Candy is just how great of a guy he was.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. such a shame that, that he died so early. Yeah. Yeah. There were some scenes funny, in, this, huh? in the movie though. There were some scenes mostly at the bar in the beginning when the two guys went to go find him, there were a couple shots. And I mean this in the most respectful way possible that John Candy looked very much like our own Bo, Bo Warmbold. Or our own bow warm world look very much like John candy. And it just a couple of shots. I was like, wow, that's that's it's, it, it was eerie how similar the two of you guys looked. It's funny. It was only a couple shots.
1: It usually takes bow four or five. So we got to get both to a bar and see if this is true.
2: Only, only when they're fire, only when they're prairie fires, oh, John. Prairie fires. only when they're prairie fires. Oh.
3: <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> Wolf.
1: <laughs>
2: a day that will live in infamy. Uh-huh.
1: All right, Bo, here, are I think we had so on a side thing there. I am the, uh, oh, yeah.
2: I am the oddball in the group today. This well, is the uh, first time I had seen this movie. Oh really? Yeah. No kidding. Oh. Okay. I I can't really explain why, except to say that it was. I might have just missed it. I might have. I don't know. Never saw it. Liked it. It was fun, you know. Big John Candy fan, so I don't know how I'd never seen it.
1: Like
3: it. Yeah. What were you saying, Dennis?
1: I said I when he, I think that I, it, my from John's reaction when you said you're the oddball here, I thought you thought that you was going to say that he didn't like it.
3: Oh. <laughs> No, I was just agreeing that he's the. Odd I'm oddball
1: sure. <laughs> like, Hey, like you guys, you guys love this movie. I'm the only oddball today. And I hated this thing. That's where I thought maybe he was going, but then he went with the, Oh, I only saw it once the yeah, first no, time, no, no. which is weird. Cause it, it's actually shown in a lot of schools. Mm-hmm. Like I know a lot of kids, not even just Hawthorne kids, but kids from other schools who've said that it's kind of was a movie that a lot of people went to and like, like teachers went to, to show at the end of the year or show during Olympics like oh, that makes sense. Yeah, on, you would show it during there and just kind of like get them in the spirit of Olympics, even though it's very loosely based on true events. But but the fact that it's got that theme and inspiration and it's something you could show in in a in a, in a classroom without getting in trouble and it's a safe movie for for school. So so a lot of kids remember seeing this during school. Makes sense. And I used to go to the library. Like when I try, I remember when I tried to get this on DVD at the library to show to my kids when we were going to show it, they, it was, it was taken out a lot. Like I, I was like, dang, it's out again. Dang, it's out again. And then I think I even had to put a reserve on it to get it. So it's popular movie. Even years later, and we're talking 2000 and probably eight to 12. Yeah. So, uh, yeah,
3: I vividly remember even not really having watched it more than once. Growing up, I vividly remember the trailer for this one. You know, I remember the whole part, especially the scene where he's like, "I can't put my helmet on, Coach," and he like smacks him on the top of the and head, head. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember movie. that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I and I, I jokingly because you know, you go all the way back to our Temple of Doom episode. I jokingly said something about John Candy being the white savior of the movie. I was, I was reading some stuff earlier where there are some people that have kind of leveled that. At the movie, it's like, oh, yeah, great, another one of these. And I'm like, did you actually watch the movie? Because he didn't do much to help him other, other than maybe an impassioned speech at the <laughs> at the Olympic mm-hmm. Committee. But other than that, I feel like if he wasn't their coach, then they might not have been disqualified in the first place.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Like if they had had – now, granted, he did kind of help and inspire them to to go through their training, and, and he did push them to, to become the team, but – I feel like there were times where he kind of almost hurt them more rather than help them. And it's not like he fronted the money for them to get there. You know, that was one of the players that, one of the guys on the team that that put the money up. And so I don't know that I I actually, I I read several different reviews where people tried to push that and say, Oh great. Another one of these movies. I'm like, well, if you watch the movie, I don't really think it actually works out that way.
1: No, no, no. Yeah. I I agree. I don't, I never, never even bring that thought into it when i watched this movie never had it never yeah yeah i, mean, I guess if you look for anything you try to find it but um I, I don't i don't see it i
3: don't know if you guys heard one of the other funny stories i don't remember if it was i don't remember if it was this team or if it was one of the next winter olympic games where the bobsled team the jamaican bobsled team came and one of their one of their guys on the team got injured and so they grabbed somebody from I grabbed somebody from another team or grabbed, uh, maybe it was the injured guy's brother who was there to watch them compete. And they were like, Hey, we need a fourth guy. Come over here. We'll teach you everything we know about bobsledding. Mm-hmm. And like, they just recruited him. And mm-hmm. within three days, they, they explained everything and they trained him on how to run in the bobsled with them. And he joined their team. I was like, that's crazy. Like that could be a movie in and of itself. Yeah. What is your, do you have a favorite scene? Like, this movie is super quotable. There's so many good little one liners and, and memorable scenes in this. Do you have a favorite scene in the
2: movie?
0: I like anything with Sanka. He cracks me up. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: The stuff with Yule Brenner and Jr. Mm-hmm. Like,. I still don't like you or that's not even the right word, but this doesn't mean I like you. Don't touch me. I think it's the line. Yeah. Don't touch (laughs) me. The whole shtick with the two of them, like is pretty fun.
1: I'm going to go back to John Candy with confronting his old coach and that kind of scene. And just I I like kind of the drama parts of this too. I mean, everything you're saying about the funny parts. Yeah. Those are all great, but you know, I think those other parts Give it more heart when you start feeling the kind of the drama part of it. So I, I like the balance of the drama and not just having it be just funny, a series of funny scenes and stuff. But yeah, they all complement each other. But uh, for some reason, I always like that scene. And maybe again, and maybe it's that dramatic part of John Candy that's coming out that I craved more of, like mm-hmm. in future movies that we never got. Maybe that, but but that that sticks out. The speech. Yeah.
0: I I appreciate the fact too that the the fact that they didn't win a medal that this whole thing goes horribly, horribly sideways for them, right? And with the with that huge crash and that literally sideways, (laughs) literally sideways off the rails, literally. But like again, when we talk about formulaic movies and what you expect to happen, here's a story that you know these guys, despite their hard work, despite everything they overcame. They didn't meet their goal. They didn't, they didn't medal. They didn't win. They didn't place. They, from that point of view, it, it, it was kind of refreshing because when you think about some, a lot, some, a lot of other sports movies that are meant to inspire, you know, remember the Titans yeah. or Rudy or I don't know, a lot of them, yeah. right? Even like major league right? You, you've got this group of an athlete or this group of athletes that are pushing so hard to overcome the odds and they do it. And you're like, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. And that's not to downplay it, right? Like the ending of Rudy is one of the, one of the best, best moments in a movie that I really enjoy. I'm, I'm not saying that that's bad, but I really, I really appreciate the fact that those that wrote this screenplay focused on this group that they they didn't get their their glory that they were after they got acceptance which was even better or should be even better than than glory you know i think there was a line in there in the movie i trying to remember how it went john candy said it if you it had something to do about winning a medal and if you don't if you can't be happy with yourself without winning a medal, then you don't deserve to win a medal in the first place or something like that. Obviously if I can find that quote, but you know, I think it speaks to the, it speaks to the heart of working hard as opposed to the moment of triumph, competitive triumph. What is that quote? Do you guys know a quote I'm talking about or no? Vaguely,
3: not well enough to repeat it back to you.
0: Let me see if I can find it.
3: Yeah, I I do always enjoy some of the sports movies where they don't necessarily win in the end. Like you've you've struggled and you've you've kind of you maybe you've proven a point, but you don't you don't necessarily come out victorious in the end of it. Yeah. For Dennis's benefit, I was almost going to say in this movie, even when you lose, you win. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. Wow. It's, like, it's go. like the anti
3: alien three. Very nihilistic. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <Anyway. laughs> I, I will say, I like to see it when I talk about the speeches, too, even though like, it kind of makes me think of a little bit what you're sort of saying about when they lose, but. I mean, there's is the point of the movie summed up in the speech when he's talking to uh, which character is it? And he's saying about the like the guy asked him why he cheats, why or why he cheated. Yeah. And he starts explaining like I won my whole life, winning you be winning became everything. And then he goes and he goes, but you got two gold medals. And he's like, he said something along the lines of probably going to it here, per, not perfect, but like if you're nothing, something about being nothing with the medals. You you have to be like in other words, if oh it's, if you're not enough with them. Or without them, then you're not. Then you'll never be enough with them, type of thing. Yeah. So in other words, yeah, gold then, medals didn't like like that's again that kind of like those, the kind of that point of like, they didn't win, but there's more than that without the stuff as well. Like the medals don't make you, kind of thing. He was lacking something as a person, and, and that's why he cheated. But like those type of scenes make me think some of that, like that that angle of it, but.
0: Yeah, the the quote that was the quote that I was thinking of, of too. If you're not enough without one, you'll never be enough with
1: one. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yeah.
0: And that's yeah. I mean, that's such that, that's a really good quote.
1: It's I a great really lesson. Like I, yeah. when you do show it in schools, it's such a great lesson for you because telling you so many kids nowadays, like, don't get that. When we're just seeing in sports, it's ridiculous like PE class or in just like any, any like travel clubs and stuff and teams. It's just they don't quite get that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I just stumbled across another quote that I really liked when Sanka and Irv are fighting about Sanka being the driver. And it ends with Irv saying, "Now, dig where I'm coming from. I'm coming from two gold medals. I'm coming from nine world records in both the two and four man events. I'm coming from 10 years of intense competition with the best athletes in the world. And Sink just replies with, that's a hell of a place to be coming from. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yep.
0: I really enjoy that character. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, there's a lot of heart to this movie as, as there should be right for this style of movie, there should be a lot of heart. There should be a lot of emotion, you know, and you combine it with the fact that you have John Candy in a, like we talked about non comedic role really add, I think adds something to that. And it gives him a chance to start flexing some of the more serious side of him, which again, it's a shame we never really got to see that fully fully fleshed out.
3: The one of the parts that my kids thought was kind of funny was when he's saying the prayer Our father who art in Calgary, Bobsled be thy name, thy kingdom come, gold medals won on earth as it is in turn seven with liberty and justice for Jamaica. Hmm. all right we got anything else before we jump into three questions
1: oh and just looking at that quote thing a bit just finishing that yeah. quote that me and jeff were talking about yeah at the end when he says that line he says you know about that if you're not enough with what without one you'll never be enough with one and he says hey hey coach how will i know if i am enough mm-hmm. and he says when you cross that finish line tomorrow you'll know and to me it's like they picked up the thing even though they didn't get the medal it still rings true that you know that you're enough because you picked up that bobsled and you finished across the finish yeah, line. You, so it, you you, you know,
0: finished the race. It didn't yes. matter where you placed. It didn't matter medal or not. You
1: you're enough because of the way they approached even just like what happened in the in the race. Like it just it just all
0: yeah. They they, res- they respected themselves enough to yes. to follow
1: through. Right. Yeah. Yeah versus just quitting and pouting and, and, and complaining or whining, which is a lot of, you got up and you, and you did, you didn't finish. You didn't, you didn't finish in the place you wanted, but you finished, right. you know, and it's kind of, that's sort of what John Candy's statement there is sort of saying is, is that, so it, it makes sense. yeah.
3: All right. It is time for three questions.
1: He asks each traveler five questions, three questions, three questions. Three
2: questions
1: I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul.
3: So, we half the family at dinner quoted that whole thing tonight because I was I was asking some of the three questions for a couple of our recordings to the family just to see what their responses would be. And one of the questions from our recording of the firm was what va- what island would you like to vacation on? And my my lovely teenage son his response was America, because it's an island floating on water. And I was like, Aww, "No, dude. no, it's it's not." There's like, there's there's like crust and mantle and core and and other things under it, and and he's like, "No, but it, it didn't have doesn't have like water under it or something." And and simultaneously, Nora and I started saying, "What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic <laughs> things I've ever heard."
0: <laughs> so we uh, we have fun. All right, Get that that boy in summer school. Yeah, good God. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
3: Question, Einz, which is better, the summer or winter Olympics? Summer for me. One summer? Okay.
1: I'm going to say based on events, I would go summer as well, although I don't watch the summer Olympics as much because it's summer and you're outside more, and I think it's less – captivating audience wise i think when you then i tend to watch the winter more but i would say i would agree that the if you go by events summer is better if you go by what do i actually end up watching more winter why do you say
0: that summer events are better than winter events is it just because that's more the events that you are
1: interested in yeah okay. yeah definitely yeah yeah
0: i go back and yes, forth yes. i i i like both summer and winter i i think that because they allow professional athletes to compete you know summer i like watching the usa basketball winter i like watching usa hockey i think the winter probably edges out summer a little bit for me and i although god I'm, i just keep thinking of different yeah. events like yeah. I know. They, they, they both have a lot of fun really interesting fun entertaining events that And I say that very nonchalantly as a guy that would never be able to compete in a single one of them. But I... I, hmm.
1: To me, and I I don't know if that's what you're... I don't think that's exactly what you're saying. But for me, I, I feel like it's... I find myself drawn to the winter Olympics more, even though I like more of the events in the summer. And again, I think it's because of the seasonal part of it. Like in the winter, we're, we're inside, it's cold. What are you going to do outside? Where do you have to go? You know? So I think you're more looking for entertainment on at home. And I yeah. think I tend to watch more of the winter Olympics where during the summer you're out, there's barbecues, vacations, whatever, you know, you're doing stuff. You're more busy. You tend to not see as much, at least I don't see as much coverage of the summer. I'll catch the highlights. But I don't really watch live events or whatever as much as I do when it's the winter. You know
0: what? I'm 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 more of a of a ceremony guy. I enjoy the opening ceremony. Ceremony is good, yeah. Like that—that's really where I'm gonna make sure I sit down and watch. And then if I can catch events, great. I'm not opposed to it, but but I I really dig opening ceremony. Who's gonna be the the final torchbearer? You know, the year that they had Muhammad Ali. Be the that final awesome. torchbearer. The year they, that they had Michael Ruzioni and the and all of mm-hmm. the Team America. Be the final bear, torchbearers. Just, I the opening ceremonies when at the London Games I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I just I I really dig the the opening the opening ceremonies of any of the Olympic Games, and then if I can catch events, great. But yeah.
3: Well, I've kind of been going back and forth on this, and I'm going to respond to this by saying, John rejected your question. Mm. I'm rejecting my own question, because I've tried to narrow down would I prefer summer or would I prefer winter, and I don't think I can. I really enjoy the swimming events in the summertime. I enjoy the diving stuff. I enjoy the gymnastics events, all the different track and field stuff. Enjoy all those events, but then I also love the I love the ice skating, the ski jump, the all the the half pipe stuff. The I just, just there's so much about well, the Winter Olympics too. All the
0: random stuff that you that you find yourself watching too, like oh, you'll yeah. be watching a more major event, like oh this is, and then also it's like and now we're going to cut to the curling. Yes, curling, and then you just you find yourself watching curling. You're like I still yeah. don't get yeah. how this game works, but I'm enjoying this. Right. All right, I I there was one that all of a sudden it just cut to fencing and I would watch yeah. fencing yeah. for an hour. Right. Like, I don't know why I'm watching this, but it's fantastic. So being able to introduce yeah. so many of these, these sports to people that normally wouldn't get an opportunity to get the limelight, I think is, yeah. is part of that appeal too. You know, you don't, you, at least in, in my neck of the woods, you don't often see people cross country skiing and then shooting at things. Right
2: if you do something wrong
0: and, it, and, and if I did it'd be time to move yes <laughs> all right along similar
3: lines did everybody answer that one I just want to make sure oh you said yours didn't you yeah 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 okay questions by favorite Olympic memory
2: oh so many <laughs> yeah I guess I'll, I'll pick my first one was Carrie Strug
0: yeah I was gonna say
2: that's the what's not in my
0: mind too that was also mine <laughs> <laughs> I remember I I couldn't sleep that night, so I was up late watching and watched when it happened. Yeah,
2: yeah, that was nuts, man.
3: I mean, that was I I put that I put that up there with the Michael Jordan flu game of games that I remember watching and, sure. and thinking, "Good lord, how are these people doing this?" All right, Dennis, you've seen a few more Olympics than the rest of us have.
2: What was
1: it like when they were still wearing togas? I will, I, I, so again, it's like one of those, how do you narrow it down to one, but I'm going to, I've, I've got to say my probably all time has to be the 1980 Olympic uh, hockey game. Mm-hmm. Jim Craig is mm-hmm. the goalie, the flag wrapped around Cause I actually saw that live. I okay, mean, not yeah. at the place, but like on TV yeah. when they played it, it was like, I, I, we didn't know who won. We didn't know anything yet. And we saw that game. We were watching it. And it was just, I, it was an amazing moment because yeah, they were yeah. such underdogs and, and, and just the, the, the character, the, the character of the guys, like you just mentioned, I can never say his name as a but then Jim Craig, the, the looking with his dad, and the, he had that flag draped around. It was just such an iconic and just such a teared up sort of, Oh my God moment that I, I was lucky enough to see it live when it happened. Not, you know, 10 years later, five years later. So I, I got to put that as my all time favorite but then you get thrown, yeah, your carry strike. I'm trying to think, uh, then there's Mary Lou Retton. There's also, there's a boxing one that I always remember. And it's if you look up this fight, it's Todd Foster versus Angel Kim or something like that. It was where, it was a whole big, it, it, was a, it was a weird fight. This guy's face is bloody. And he ends up coming back and just stops the other guy. It's just an amazing, when you watch that match and the call by, I think it's Pacheco, Dr. Ferdy Pacheco just a great i remember watching it with my brothers and we were like oh my god todd foster this was, it just it was a great it's a great boxing memory too for, for the olympics but i gotta go 1980 would be the tops one because that is the most for me the most memorable yeah, and, I mean, and, yeah. if,
0: if you're someone that saw that happen i don't know how you don't how you
1: top that. it with anything all the other ones are great but that i have to go that's got to be my fight i'm forced to give you one answer it has to be that
3: Well, and I remember, too, watching all of the, uh, in 92, the Dream Team. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, because those, I mean, those were my three favorite players anyway, Jordan, Johnson, and Bird. And I just remember loving each and every one of those games. All right, and question number three, I'm uh, sorry, question dry. Can you ice skate or ski? No. No. No desire. My response is also no, because I enjoy my ankles where they are. Thank you very much. Mm. I roller skated once when I think, I think maybe I was in like fourth or fifth grade. I roller skated once. It did not go well. And I don't think I've ever gotten <laughs> in on any kind of
0: skate ever again since then. Katie's family skis. They like to ski a lot. Okay. And she's talked about having, when our boys are old enough, Signing him up for ski school and, and I've just, and I'm, I'm not okay with that yet. Yeah. We had, I had a student a number of years back and he had gone on a skiing trip and came back in a wheelchair with mm-hmm. metal rods sticking out of his leg, holding all of his bones in place. Wow. Well, yeah. And sounds I great. Was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, yep, nope, never yep. skiing. Mm-hmm. My bones are going to stay on the inside. Thank you very mm-hmm. much.
1: Uh, I skated when I was younger, went to roller rinks, all that stuff before skiing. No, not really. I feel like I've wanted to, but I, I just feel like it's one of those, you know, I think if I would have been injury free up until a certain point, I would, once you get the injuries, you're like, you know what? That's just begging for some more right there on that one. Not worth it for me to try it, mm-hmm. but I feel like the long legs are just going to go in different directions. Mm-hmm. Mm. And something's going to snap off. And I'd have to ski uphill to go grab my leg.
3: <laughs> You're kind of accident prone
1: anyway, so.
0: That'd make for a good movie.
1: Ice, 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 ice skating, I've done when we used to do the roller rink stuff over at the rink side for our eighth grade trip. Oh, yeah. So I would get on yeah. ice then, and I could skate good. I just couldn't stop well.
2: So I is an important component. I've been told
0: I could never it figure it out. And really when I say
1: stop, me. well, i could stop, but I would stop into a wall or I would stop by having a fall. I, I can never like do the smooth, you know, how people just kind of like pull up and stop. That just didn't happen.
3: Mm-hmm. That was my, that was like me when I was trying to learn how to ride my bike as a kid, the only way I couldn't figure out the brakes. I had the bike where you have the backwards <laughs> pedaling for the brakes. And for some reason I couldn't figure it out. So I just decided, well, I'll just end my ride in the garage. And I just crashed into whatever boxes we had in the garage. And, <laughs> you, <just> cr- <laughs> you crash
1: into the thing that looks the softest yeah. usually, but you pick the garage. Yeah. yeah. Usually well, but, it'd be well, a grass they're... patch somewhere where you're like, I'm just going <laughs> to spill out on the grass here and see what happens. Well, oh, when
0: the thing that's the softest is riding the bike, right. then what do you do? Right.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I could never figure out ice skating. I tried. Yeah. I just, I couldn't make it. It's like, hard on the ankles, I think. Because I, I would go, I would go roller skating all the time as a kid. You know, we we had, I grew up down the street from, from a roller rink. Like it was a a big thing to do when, when I was a kid. So I had no problem roller skating, but ice skating, I could just, I could never quite figure out how to get the balance just right. Maybe I just psyched myself out too much, but I don't know, but I have no desire to learn how to do it now because I too am accident prone and just don't need that.
1: You went kind of skating down that driveway that one time. remember with that. Wasn't bad. it?
0: Yeah, smashed my head open and broke my wrist.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. You ever have any like re, do you feel like you've recovered 100% from that or do you feel like you still have issues?
0: Well, mental issues or <laughs> no, <are> we... <laughs> well, mental,
1: obviously, because I think that that falls in where it's like you get um, that nervousness, but like physically anything? Or are you pretty? Oh, yeah. No, or...
0: I'll, I'll like my wrist will still be, will have moments, especially when I'm after playing with my kids. I'll have moments yeah. where I'll have to, you'll see me at work sometimes and I'll be back to wearing my brace for a yeah. week, week or two, just cause like, it's just something gets sore. Up and, yeah. And we have a, one of my wife's uncles is a retired doctor and he's like, yeah. you're going to feel that the rest of your life. He's like, that's not going away. And you're most likely going to have arthritis. And yeah. that risk now too. So that's something you have to look forward to.
1: You hit your head too, correct on that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you have any, any lingering, anything from that or no, besides. No, not besides the usual. Besides giving four answers to every question when it requires only one. Um, we call it, we call it the bazooka response where it's like, name one, this name, one, that it's like, oh, I'm going to give three.
0: Let me me give you my first three responses to that comment.
1: (laughs) It was my understanding that there would be no math.
0: Nothing lingering from that, but it's more the broken wrist. That's just always going to be sore every now and again.
1: Yeah. That's a hard thing, man. When you slip it, it does get in the back of your head. I will tell you that it's like, it's like a mental thing too. Cause it's like, geez, it just happened that quickly. Like bam. And and, and the, like, it's like the helpless and, feeling.
0: The hard part for me is I have to forgive myself for it because I did it to myself.
1: Because we were, you, were, you were kind of like doing something funny. Weren't you out there? Yeah. You, Cause, yeah, cause, yeah, cause the
0: whole family, we were, we were home. We all had COVID. Yeah. So we were all home and our my driveway's on a little bit of an angle and it was January. So nice sheet of ice. So I would, I went out there at one point to, I think collect the trash cans and realized the driveway was slippery. So I thought it'd be funny, bring the boys to the front window and watch dad slide down, surf down the driveway on his feet. And I did it a couple of times, no problem. And I looked up and I saw that Katie had her phone up, taking a, a video. So I'm like, I'll do it one more time. Do
1: one more for the camera.
0: Yeah. One mm-hmm. over the camera <laughs> and <laughs> Damn. that was it. Yeah. That was it. And she went back, she watched the video once and then permanently deleted it. Yeah. So I never saw the video and, and I really have yeah, no interest. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, it's
2: probably best that you haven't seen that video.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I wouldn't want to see it if I could. She said the way that my head bounced off of the driveway. Oh was just I've I've never seen anything like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so Yeah, like, so, so I so yeah, I can see the ice skating no no desire to ice skate yeah, or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, now because I'm just Oh, like, you're that's yeah, it's like why would you? I get that. Like it's it's not worth it to me to do. There's other things I'll take risks on that I go, "You know what? If something happens, I'm okay with that risk and if something bad happens, I'm okay with that." That's skiing and ice skating aren't one of them for me right now.
0: On the one ski trip that I went on with Katie and her family, I, I went tubing.
3: Oh, there
1: you go.
0: I went tubing and we did snowshoeing. That was great. There you go. That, okay. was, that was very enjoyable. I think that'd be, about so, my, yeah.
1: that'd be about my speed, too. Snowshoeing and hiking with snowshoes would be good. The skiing stuff part, yeah, no. Even you know, my daughter was out doing Yellowstone. She learned how, and then at the end, she kind of screwed something up with her knee. It was like one of the last things she did. She went into the softer part part and the snow had gotten so much snow, she didn't realize there was a tree under the snow, and banged her knee against it. He's been dealing with that for the last few months or whatever, too. So it's like, yeah, I'm like, that was my big worry. You go to a ski place, I'm like, I ain't visiting you there, because I got nothing to do there. (laughs) All right. Well, that's going to do it
3: for this one. For the rest of our month of July, our fun and games month, we've got The Sandlot is coming up next week. Excellent. Um, Love that movie. Never seen it. Never seen it? Really? (laughs) Really? He he is so full of Right now. <laughs> oh, come on. Good. Honestly. Uh huh. I lived it,
1: Dottie. <laughs> there
3: you go. <laughs> A lot of my friends have big butts. What's your big butt?
1: What's your big butt, Dad?
3: <laughs> so we got the Sandlot coming next week, then Rookie of the Year, then Rudy. Our Patreons, if you're joining us over there, our bonus episodes are From Here to Eternity from 1953 is the Patreon episode for the month of July. Patreon shorts are going to be War Games and Westworld.
0: I just rewatched War Games. Did you? I enjoy that movie.
3: Yeah. And then August. So, if you're going to plan ahead for August, that is our Family and Relationships Month. The movies we've got coming up for that one are My Life, Into the West, The Good Sun, Indian Summer, and Adam's Family Values. And then our Patreons are Krull from 1983. And a Patreon short, Super Mario Brothers. And then we've got another Patreon short. Haven't figured out what that one's going to be yet. So we'll add cloak
0: that Cloak and one. Dagger. Cloak and Dagger.
3: Cloak and Dagger. So you do Cloak and Dagger? Which I realize pairs very nicely with War Games. Okay. All right. Well, maybe I'll do Cloak and Dagger for... That was the, the one I, I tweeted back at you and said, yes, it's my favorite Fight Club prequel. Mm-hmm. Someone else mentioned that to me, too. Yeah. I never thought about that one. Yeah, there's a whole essay that somebody wrote on how that's the perfect prequel to Fight Club. I mean... I'll find it and I'll send it to you.
0: It's not entirely wrong.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: I am Jack's complete lack of surprise. Indian Summers are really good, too. I can't wait to talk about that. Hopefully I can join you guys for that one. I really like that movie. That That one was not originally on the
3: list. That was Patreon patron Jason Colvin's request.
0: Oh right on Jason. Right on, man. So Jason threw that one in there for us. Have you guys seen that? I've not, no. Mm -mm. Dennis, have you seen Indian Summer? Who's in that? Oh god, a whole slew of people. Indian it
1: sounds familiar. Like I see, I was gonna try and look that one up. Yeah.
3: It's Alan Arkin, Diane Lane, Bill Paxton, Sam
0: Raimi.
1: What's that one about? I feel like I've seen it.
0: Yeah, this group of adults goes back to a summer camp. Okay, Okay. that they they were all All attendees of when they were kids, and kind of reliving the past and dealing with. Dealing with, with just with past issues and current problems in their lives and, and kind
1: of, I wanna say I've seen it, but I don't remember it. So that'll be some
0: I feel like you would I feel like you would remember it if you'd seen yeah. it. So Okay. I'm, hopefully I can Well make, and I make gotta think one. if
1: I would have seen it, I would have seen it back. Like when did you see that movie?
0: I don't remember when I saw it.
1: Recent? Five, ten years.
0: When did I first see it or last see it? Yeah, when I,
1: did you last see it? When did you well, maybe when did you first see it, I guess. I don't know
0: probably
1: think back then
0: probably college i I wouldn't have seen it in in the theater it wouldn't have appealed to me then
1: but yeah i was gonna say at that at that point probably that's not a movie i'm going to see at 1993 but so i may have caught part of it or seen something because i do i seem to know some of those characters man i don't know elizabeth perkins yeah kevin pollock or maybe I saw clips of it, or I saw something about it, but it does sounds vaguely familiar. But yeah, I do not remember it. And if you're telling me, I would remember it if I saw it. Yeah, I,
0: I think you you would definitely remember it if you saw yeah. it. Yeah. Well, hope, hopefully, I can join you guys for that one. And- well, my life. Yeah.
1: I'm glad my life is on there. That's the one with Michael Keaton, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody seen that one before, or not seen it before? I mean,
3: I have, but it's been a long time.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. It's. I, I think it'd be interesting, especially with. Everybody being older and relationships and families and in-laws. I mean, I think it's a great, it's a, I I love that film. I actually showed that in class. It's a good
3: one. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you gents for being here. Always enjoy talking movies
0: with you. Thank you, John. Looking forward to hopefully catching you guys next week for, for the Sandlot.
1: Absolutely, and yeah, definitely. And people look up Todd Foster on there. That's a great boxing match for the Olympics. Look up Mary Lou Retton if you haven't seen that. Carrie Shrug they mentioned. Look up them. I'm sure you could find it all on YouTube. But definitely look up those highlights there. The Todd Foster one I totally remember now. It was when the the it was in Korea, I think Seoul, Seoul, Korea, and they had the rings so close to each other and the the bell sounded the same. No, and Todd Foster was winning the fight, and what happened was the bell went off and the other ring right next to it and the other fighter thought that that was his bell wow. the Korean fighter, he stopped fighting and Todd Foster was just in the middle of throwing a punch, so he threw a punch and then that guy pretended to be like he was like, he, he pretended to be hurt more than he was because it was kind of like he kind of half pulled the punch when he saw the guy, so anyway there's a whole big thing where they are going to disqualify Todd Foster was a big drama about it, whole big thing and they had to come back later during like prime time and fight each other for the champion so they decided that they were going to go ahead and have them refight that they would just call it like a whatever not a no, con- a no contest so todd foster kind of get gyps out of the gypped out of the win right there anyway it was the other guy's fault but then in the, and the other guy was trying to milk it anyway and then the fight is just a phenomenal fight where he looks like todd Foster's going to lose he's all bloodied he gets his nose bloody, and he comes back and he ends up stopping the other it's just a great it was great drama especially with the controversy so Check that out online, people. That's a good one. Todd Foster and then definitely Tell Mary Lou back. back, Mary Lou coming back and getting two tens 10s to win. She was behind a Russian girl, and she ended up having to get two perfect 10s. And the last one was the vault. And I remember she being on the Wheaties box and I think athlete of the year. So good highlights to look up for Olympics, people.
3: And, and she's my favorite Tiny Tim. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. <laughs> All right, everybody. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you back here next time.